In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Happy Friday, Cleveland. We're here. Well, Jack and I are here. Paul, who knows where Paul's at? Paul's one of the hardest guys to find. So we just keep his name on the marquee banner. So all of you tune in to find out what the International Man of Mystery is doing, even though half the time we don't know ourselves. So let's go across the pond, find out how our buddy Jack Duffin's doing. Jack, what's going on, buddy? I'm good. I'm excited. I'm ready for draft season. Um, throwing money literally left, right, and center um, is going off. Um, yeah, that literally just every day I check the draft props and I just throw some more money at different stuff. Well, if I'm not mistaken, the NFL draft this year is April 29th, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. So we've got 29 days. So we are within 35 days to the draft. Counting down. It's it's exciting times. Um, Looking forward to it. And today we're kicking off with our first position room. Um, So it's going to be stretched over three days. But let's just start with, hey. Where are we at with the wide receiver room post free agency? Um, breaking it down, so I th- I think we're all agreed on who the top three wide receivers are in this room. You've got OBJ, you've got Landry, and you've got Higgins. Yeah, I. But the only thing I could see is if all of a sudden Donovan Peoples Jones has some miraculous, you know, off season development. Realistically, I think he's the only one that's going to be challenging Higgins for that wide receiver three role. And honestly, if he comes out and balls out at 2.3 million, Hollywood's going to be wide receiver number four. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, There's room for this all to move around, but just heading into the draft and yeah, wide receiver four. That third, fourth spot, they're going to rotate who that is. Different plays, different things. If you want someone with more height, obviously he could go in for um donovan people's jones especially if it's deeper down the field um and then behind that we've got two names um they're kadaro hodge who's got no guarantees in his deal he's a restricted free agent um but they can cut him and they get zero dead cap um who actually developed really quite nicely into sort of that deep threat at the end of last season and then you've got jojo natson um but both of those guys they're on the hot seat if they draft people and they do well in camp yeah, I think it's one of those ones where when you start talking about your lower end wide receivers, now we're getting into the special teams guys. So, you know, if they go out and draft a bigger bodied receiver, you know, the possibility of Jojo Natson making it over Kadero Hodge goes up. Whereas if they go out and maybe get a little bit more of an elusive, shorter, shiftier guy that can do that punt return, then a guy like Jojo Natson, I think, is going to be the one that's fighting for that roster spot. Yeah, they could easily go the other route of they could try just move Natson to the practice squad. Um, and then elevate him. Um, and if someone picks him up, then they pick him up. Um, it could just be something to keep an eye on. Um, but while people are thinking, well, they're talking about the draft, why are they chatting about the room? And you'd be amazed some of the mocks I see out there where people have a couple of dudes in the same position room. And I'm like, oh, are you cutting this guy or that guy out of the roster? And it's like, oh, I'm not cutting any of them. 
I was like, well, you, you can't like draft three wide receivers and then not cut someone. <laughs> so it, it's balancing out and it's an important thing to keep an eye on that. If, if they draft someone at whatever point, that's one of Natson and Hodge gone. Um, obviously in camp, yeah, someone can get injured, it moves around. But in your head, preparing for camp, one of them dudes is out the door. Yeah, I, I do laugh. Sometimes I'll see these uh, Twitter mock drafts where they'll trade back a bunch of times and then they'll come out of the draft with like 12 guys. And I'm like, what are you doing with all these guys? You know, the NFL didn't expand their roster by 20, that's for sure. But, you know, I think wide receiver is one of those rooms where you definitely, and, you know, I'll obviously let you talk a little bit about the cap situation in terms of Jarvis Odell money. But I think getting a, a younger, talented guy is one of the reasons that, you know, when John Dorsey was talking about the positions of importance in the first round, he mentioned wide receiver because wide receiver is one of those ones that they, you know, in the NFL now we're seeing such quick success. You know, I mean, Justin Jefferson comes in year one and, you know, and even Jalen Rager and these guys, they're coming in and making at least a noticeable impact year one, whereas back in the days, it wasn't so much. So now using a first round pick on a wide receiver that you have for five years under rookie money, it's a pretty attractive option. That's why I think last year in that 20 to 32 stretch, you saw so many wide receivers. Hence why I think we wanted to make it the most important. Well, the first, I should say, not most important. The first position group we talk about because the bronze wide receiver room is going to take a financial shift. Am I right, Jack? Yeah, no, it's certainly a change. And the reason why we started with this room is one of those ones that we know 100% where the room's going to be. No one's expected to sign here. Whereas some of these other rooms, hey, edge, corner, we're still expecting a free agent might be signed. Let's wait until we know that before we cover it off for the draft. But literally, we look at this room, and the only one you would say has got a 99% chance of being on the roster next season is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Everyone else has got less than a 99% chance of being here. I'm not saying, hey, there's a 50% chance these dudes are going to be gone, but if you're just realistic, Higgins, one-year deal. Hodge, one-year deal with no guarantees. Natson, one-year deal, no guarantees. Um, Landry is going into his final season next season. Um, OBJ has got two years left after this, but no guarantees. No one's got any guarantees other than Donovan Peoples-Jones is on a rookie deal. And that means there's going to be turnover. We've seen so many young wide receivers. Um, we'll touch on round uh round two tomorrow but there is just so much talent coming through that you can't rely on having two really expensive dudes especially if they're not performing at massive levels obviously yeah if you sat there with a Devonte adams a um hopkins uh one of these stars a tyreek hill it doesn't matter if one dude's expensive but you've got to be getting that elite elite production to justify ever having to so what you're saying is Jamar Chase and these guys aren't going to be in Cleveland? No. So if we're going to be honest, let's look at the board and how we've done it. We've taken the list from the Draft Network, Pro Football Network, and uh, Mock Draft Database, and we've just and averaged importantly, it Importantly, the Ian draft rankings, which are starting to come together, those are the most important ones. The official <laughs> draft rankings of the Paul Brown podcast. So what we've done is we've just averaged them off and that's given us some numbers. So three dudes are just going to be gone. So we're not even going to cover them. Lamar Chase, Devontae Smith, um, Jalen Moore. Jamar, Jamar Chase. Lamar Chase, no, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle. He's gone. It's not my problem. He's already off the board. But the, all three of those guys are going to be top 12 picks. Sorry, Cleveland. Not getting them. 
Yeah, and that's why we want to go through this format. We want to just discuss the different options at each pick and sort of look at that. Um, the idea of chatting about, hey, I, I did a mock draft and one of these dudes fell to 26, it's just, it's, it's nuts. Um, yeah, crazy stuff happens on draft day, but l- let's deal with the more realistic stuff first. So there's three dudes, I would say, that are in this conversation. They could be gone. Um, there's easily by the time we pick, but the three are... Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Tony, Terence Marshall Jr. Um, there's two dudes that are slightly further down the board, and we will touch on today. Um, but they're the three main ones, and I think we start first with Rashad Bateman. What do you say to that, Ian? I like Bateman. I, there are people that love him. I actually have Tony and Marshall ahead of him. If it's me, so of those three guys, I would say Bateman's probably my six. I do like him. He's a six foot two, 210 pound kid out of Minnesota. Obviously saw him play a few times here in the big 10. Um, the one thing I like about him, he's a, he, he's a natural catcher of the ball. So if you watch any of his highlights and stuff, he kind of has the, I'm not saying it's, he's Chris Carter, but he, Chris Carter used to have an ability to catch the ball with his hands. And I just like how natural he is with his hands. He's not your explosive type of athlete. He's you know a good size guy. He has I would say NFL ready route running. So I think he's a guy that maybe can come in. You're not going to see instantaneous production out of him. I think he's maybe a guy that you could start to see in maybe the back half of the year, even into year two or three. I don't know if he's just ready quite yet to start in the NFL, but I do like his ability to catch the ball. I think he's a good route runner. He just lacks the explosive speed. That's kind of the the one thing for him that um, I just don't see. Yeah, no, and just looking at some of the numbers, really good for a bit of yak. Um, 36 broken tackles on 147 career catches, which is just nuts. Um, A slight issue with drops, um, 19 drops on 166 career catchable targets from PFF. Um, So a slight issue there. They've given him a comp of Keenan Allen, which, hey, I'd settle for Keenan Allen um, on the Browns for... 10 years as if he's coming in fresh. So, um, no, that's a good one there. And then next name up is Kadarius Tony. Ian, take it away. Yeah, Tony is almost the exact opposite of Bateman. So now you go down to Tony, who you're talking about a smaller guy, a guy who's, I think, 5'11", about 190 pounds, kid out of Florida. So he's of the Percy Harvin mold. He's a guy that you can line up in the slot. You can line him up outside. You can line him inside. He's what you would call a modern day NFL kind of a weapon, right? So he's got this elusiveness to him. He's a quick twitch guy. So if you ever, you know, want to watch, I mean, we used to marvel at Chad Johnson's feet, you know, his footwork coming off the line. Tony has this ability to make defenders jump one way and then he hits him the other way. His, his change of tempo is another thing that's impressive. You watch in a lot of his highlight packages. He has this start shot, start, stop, shifty type of persona to him where he's really good at setting up blocks and then exploding into the free, you know, kind of the free area. So Tony to me is that explosive, quick twitch, smaller guy. So for example, if the Browns look at somebody like him, that's a Jojo Natson. You're, you're going to be struggling to find the roster because he's a guy that has that returner capability as well. The only downside to Tony he doesn't exactly stay healthy all the time. When you're a quick twitch guy, that means you got those tight muscle fibers, which means you sometimes have the hamstrings, the groins, you know, 
you're going to run in and especially at the next level, you know, people always wonder, well, they didn't get hurt a lot in high school and then in college a little bit more NFL gets a little bit more because those hits start piling up. And as we know, as you get older, it's harder to recover, but you know, this is a guy freak athlete, you know, former quarterback in high school. Um, he definitely would add an element to the Browns that they currently do not have. Yeah, no, really low on the drop front from PFF. Three career drops on 123 catchable passes, which is really promising. Um, but the, the one thing we just haven't seen, and it's not saying he can't do it, is 10 con- contested catch opportunities in his career. Um, so we just don't have that evidence of, hey, can he do it? Can he not? Um, but that's certainly, it, there's a lot of talent there. And I really do hope he goes in the first round because I've got a load of money riding on it. Um, next we touch on Terrence Marshall Jr. Yeah. Terrence Marshall, (laughs) you talk about guys down at LSU. I mean, first you go from Justin Jefferson, then you got Jamar chase. Terrence Marshall was like the third guy and this guy, I mean, you're talking six foot three, 203 pounds, 205 pounds, depending on where he's weighing in at. So he actually started his career on the outside and then moved inside. So this was a guy early in his career at LSU that was putting up production. The problem was, is he was putting up production that nobody talked about because, you know, he had the Bolitnikoff award winner ahead of him. So this is a guy who uses his size and speed. I have him as a little bit better of kind of that bigger outside threat um, than I do a guy, like a guy as a Rashad Bateman. Um, I think his ability to just get wide, get open. You know, I think he's very good in zone coverage in terms of being able to find, you know, where to settle down, not as natural of a catcher as uh, Bateman is. Um, He kind of reminds me of the, you know, like these basketball players that kind of turn into tight ends and stuff like that. Like it kind of looks effortless. I'm not sure what the PFF thing is on his drops, but every time I watched him, he just kind of had a, um, just a natural athlete-ness to him. Kind of actually, I don't know if maybe, I don't know, what's PFF comp to him? Is it Cortland Sutton by chance? So they haven't got a comp. Does PFF have a comp for him? On what I'm looking at, but his drop rate's 12.7%, so it's not bad. It's not um, terrible. He, he just reminds me of Cortland Sutton when he was coming out of SMU. I don't know why that name popped up, but I just think of that big guy, high catch point. Um, I don't think he's going to be a hundred catch kind of guy but I think he's a little bit more of that just big body kind of guy. Yeah, no. And there's two guys left that we're actually going to touch on more on the next show um, that probably line up best as someone that you potentially trade back to 45. So we're not going to do loads of different trade scenarios, but we are going to look roughly around pick 45 if they do trade back out the first round. Um, And that is Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore. Um, Not related. Not related, but... uh, (laughs) They're, they're two guys that we're actually going to touch on next show. If, if they do want them and they don't trade back, they are going to have to pick them at 26, but we're going to catch up with those two on the next show. Yeah, I think we're just talking about the two different types. So if Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski and um, why is the wide receivers coach, Chad O'Shea, if they sit down and tell me I want a big guy, I want 6'2", I want 6'3", then you're not looking at Rondale and Elijah. These guys are both 5'9". They're pretty much body-wise very similar they're, they don't play similar, but they're sized similarly. They're a little bit smaller than Kadarius Tony. So if, say, Tony goes in the top 20, top 22, top 25, and that's the style you want, and the Browns trade back into maybe that second round, that's, I think, where you're starting to eye up these mores, the more not-so-brothers, but brothers, um, just because 
that's the, that's the dynamic, right? So they're they're just more athletic, smaller guys as opposed to the big boys like Terrence Marshall and Rashad Bateman. And as always, guys, that's wrapping up this show. So that is the overview of the wide receiver room and then looking at round one prospects and targets. Uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow covering day two. And as always, go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.